0: This podcast is sponsored by Huboo, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs—picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Huboo. Three peeps in the podcast. Hello,
1: and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show last week we did our top five goalkeepers we're back again this week with our top five fullbacks obviously fullbacks have taken on a new form in uh in recent years more of wingbacks but there's also still very much the place for fullbacks this is going to be a really interesting one we've been spoiled over the years with some great fullbacks um and some some great wing backs but uh let's see how this one pans out so with me as always is matt and matt let's start off with how are you out of 10 sir
2: uh, I'm probably a good eight today mate fa cup final day which is always a bit special and they've um they've abused it over recent years so i've saw your your note this morning but yes a saturday at 3 p.m last domestic game of the season that's what we want um, I'm hoping to see a Question of Sports special, but not with Paddy McGuinness. Um, and, uh, yeah, some uh, some footage of them on the bus um, well, on the way to the ground.
1: I saw somewhere last night that they're putting St. and Greavesy on at 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so looking forward um, to, I think it's the best of Satan Greavesy, and hopefully yeah. it's like FA Cup uh, memories over the years but yeah, yeah I, I, it yeah. used to be the highlight of the football season really didn't it the FA Cup final and yeah. making it three o'clock on a Saturday is a good way and at the end of the season is a good way to try and reinstate that for me
2: yeah because I still think it's such an important fixture in the calendar the FA Cup final I mean you know you hear players talk about especially, but you know I was fortunate enough um, looking back to have grown up in the, the 70s and 80s when you didn't have an abundance of channel of choice um, and so the FA Cup final was was really one of the games you would actually see live, you know, if it wasn't your own team. So, now I'm looking forward to it and obviously having a, a little bit of a, an affiliation or a soft spot for Man United. Um, I'm hoping that they can, can stop the Man City train, but I, I think it'd be very, very difficult.
1: Okay. Um, and did you give me a score out of 10? Yeah, eight. Yeah, good okay. eight. Yeah, I think that's a good number for me as well. I'm I'm actually making a bit of a day of it. We're uh, going up to Clifton to watch the to watch the game um and then a few beers afterwards and a, and a meal in the Giggling Squid, which is somewhere I like to go, the a Thai restaurant with a twist up in nice. Clifton. So yeah, it's been a it's been a short week, but a long week if that makes sense. Um <laughs> you know, these four-day weeks a lot of lot of catching up You've to do and it in, um, here, yeah. and it's at, it was half term as well, so um, I actually went into the office a few times this week to escape, <laughs> to escape the yeah. uh, the madness of the yes. house. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so eight for me. And let's bring in our guest. This this man has got a big birthday coming up next Saturday. He turns 60. Is that right, Rob?
3: Uh, absolutely not right, Patch, <laughs> and you know it. Um, <laughs> so, really, I should take a mark off my school then on that basis. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly butt the trend. I'll say I'm a seven, um, purely because it is a Saturday, but you've got us up earlier than needed. Um so I,
1: I got up papa six, mate, and I know neither yeah, of you have got there's, kids, there's like, no excuse, et etc.
3: Yeah, there's no awards given out for that patch to good show. good show. Um man. so I'm gonna I'm gonna go seven, but um the sun is shining, the weather is sweeter, so um it will probably move to an eight as as the day warms
1: up. Sounds like some sort of lyric that. Um, it is a lyric. I know. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So um, Rob, obviously on the podcast, we wish you a very happy fiftieth birthday for next Saturday. Um, okay. And yeah, enjoy your birthday week. As in, yeah, as happy it, big five eight. Eight, mate. Question for yeah. you there, Rob. Um, you listened to the first episode we did of the top five. Were you happy with the top five goalkeepers across the board? So we had Fielding in fifth, then Bentley, then Woff, then Welch, then Basso. What were your thoughts?
3: Um, yeah, pr- pretty decent. Um, I, well, I can tell you yours, people. actually.
1: I'll tell you yours yeah. in case you've forgotten. You went Heaton, then Welch, then Dykstra, then Woff, then Basso.
3: Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Heaton, funny enough, I, th- I thought was um, really underrated, actually. And, you know, the things he went on to do as well. And I know it's not about that, but I think that just validated the Yeah,
1: everyone's the done this in a different way.
3: Yeah. yeah, um, and, and Dykstra's probably the random one for most people. Nobody would be surprised with any of the others. But there was just something about him. Uh, I just how went, many
2: games did he play, Rob? It was only about oh, eight, wasn't it, it? It,
3: it will be it will be I don't know, less than twenty, possibly patch. He might have the, the stats. I think it on was that. less than that. I think it was only right. about eight, wasn't it? TikToking. But well, yeah. But it, it was just something about him. He, he had everything that I want in my keeper, which I, I think what I always want presents,
2: yeah. More
3: than anything else, because um, obviously next next Saturday I really want presents. Um yeah. yeah. So, but no, I want the goalkeeper to to have to have presence. Um, I would say all top-level goalkeepers are great shot stoppers. I think that's a, I think that's a given. So I always look for the differentials and somebody who can dominate their area. And just I just remember watching him in, in that short period is as, as you've corrected, Patch, 10 games. Um I know it's only a, a real bite size, but there was just something that he had an aura about him, almost like Basso had an aura about him. That was part of I think why Basso came out on top. So there yeah, won't that's, be that's there won't I be had...
2: med, there won't be many in any of these top fives that have played as few games. No. And, no, there won't and, be. But, but as, as
1: we there. said, everyone's done life in a slightly no, no, absolutely, like, yeah. different way. I mean, the and... Tom
2: Heaton one, no, no doubt in whatsoever, quality, quality goalkeeper, but was also a goalkeeper in a relegated side, wouldn't he? So that that kind yeah. of probably influenced a few
1: people. Plus, I think. You kind of only remember what you remember, don't you? So yeah. So so Rob, I assume um Keith Welch must have got injured, and he was like an emergency loan or something.
3: He was a loan you know what, Dijkstra. when when Dijkstra came in. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, a I can't remember. I, I, I couldn't must tell you been. what in the fact he only around.
1: played 10, 10 times, but right. he did have four clean sheets in those yeah in those mm. ten
3: appearances. So and and I think maybe the um, this might be a bit controversial. I didn't think for all of uh, welsh's qualities that was the bit that was missing the presence so again <coughs> excuse me when he when he came in i think that was why it was so noticeable welsh's attributes were everything else
1: everyone has a different opinion that is why this is so interesting right um before we get into fullbacks matt let's uh discuss news this week from bristol yep. city obviously we knew jay Silver silva was off but we wish him all the best um as he signs for coventry um and of lots, lots of coventry fans have been asking on twitter what are we getting um and i think we wish him well and and he will be someone who will definitely link up well with the likes of casey palmer you you could see that relationship sort of there when they played together very skillful um likes to get forward but you know he, he he's got those areas where he isn't as effective as campering you know driving forward whipping the ball in that sort of thing but he's definitely got some really good strengths in other places matt yeah, I mean I think the, the ADV um Vivash connection there from, from
2: Chelsea played a big part in that. Um you know let let's be completely frank with Jay. When he arrived, he was unbelievable. Um he had a, a run, but then obviously he had those those injuries at starts of preseasons. Um last season he wasn't great until he came back into the side and then was was really really good. Um but you're always going to be a little bit suspect because of his his lack of height you know we we definitely got targeted in in numerous games um but ironically i did think he improved his defending towards the end of the season he actually was was very good going forward um but he also improved his defending so i think on on his day coventry city are getting a really really good player um we found that he didn't have on his day enough he wasn't consistent enough um, and so that that will be interesting. Um, and you you sort of put in the the, the chat there is 144 appearances over five seasons. You forget actually just how long he was with us, because obviously we signed him on lane to start with. Um, so no, I absolutely wish him well. A, a, a really, really nice lad by all accounts, very popular in the dressing room. And I think he probably will suit a Mark Robbins style of of play. they they're a good football inside Coventry. So I can see him doing really well there. I'm not gonna say We'll look back and regret it because I think it was the right decision. Um, Jay wouldn't be starting over campering and And if, as we all, or I say all, I think on here, all hope Joe Bryan signs, although there's a little bit of doubt on that, um, then I think we'd feel it was an upgrade. But um, yeah, you know, wishing well. Um, He he was a a good servant.
1: Yeah, we'll touch on that then, Matt. So Joe Bryan, um, for all the world, it seemed like a couple of weeks ago, that it was all done and dusted, according to rumor. Yeah. Um, but there was, uh, yeah, an element of doubt thrown into the mix yesterday around. We don't know any, you know, the reason why, whether it's length of contract or wages or whatever. But it might just be complete rumor. But um, yeah, your your thoughts on that one?
2: Yeah, I, I saw an OTIP tip um, sort of post last night around it, and and Dave Febs, who, who we've had on the the podcast, and obviously got a lot of time for. Were sort of saying that it is just that you know, there's, there's rumor and people post it, and you know, fine, you know, we, we, we like to see sort of stories if there is any truth in it, then great. But I'm hoping it is Chinese whispers. But I, I've heard it from a few sources that there is some doubt in it, um, seemingly because of the length of contract. But I don't know how truth, true there is in that. I hope that's not the case. I, I do really hope that um, Joe's signing because you would think that it would be one that would have been tied up because, you know, he knew he was being released from Fulham. You can actually announce kind of, I know, in terms of the contract and, and the the, the terms ending, I think it's the end of June or whatever, but you'd have thought it would be a done deal. So it, it will be interesting to see how that develops. I, I certainly hope it's not dead in the water because I think he's got a lot to
1: offer joe Bryan. Mm, absolutely he will be talking more about joe Bryan very shortly um other things rob we've heard uh the emergence of a rumor of uh dickie from qpr who uh, i've seen a few highlights of over the past few seasons and looks at all for all the world a bit like a rob atkinson but with a hell of a shot on him as well
3: yeah i've i've seen the um the highlight reels, and I think it's easy always to get sucked into to highlight reels. I think you'll find any player will have a good set of highlight reels. <laughs> and actually, just reverting back to um, the the Jay situation slightly on that one. Again, you know, as as we bought him, and as the the, the fans were sort of whipped into a fervor upon signing him, all we'd have seen it be Jay Jay's massive you know, runs and trickery and and all that sort of stuff which, you know, you think, oh, you're going to see that every week. And in reality, you'll see it occasionally. Um, Rob Dickey, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, we've seen, you know, in the highlight reels, you see three pile drivers. First and foremost, he's a defender. Um, So I don't want to get too carried away with with that. Um, And then on the back of that, he was in a very porous QPR defence last year. The negatives that I am hearing is that he's very, very slow and slow to turn. Uh, We've seen many a a defender before with exactly the same sort of attributes. Um, So I don't. That's interesting
1: because um, obviously, you know, the recruitment message we heard was we're going to be signing fast, up and coming young players, Matt, wouldn't it? That's a really good shape patch, yeah.
2: Um, I guess that they're, they're always going to be players that become available that you know you you wouldn't turn down. But you know, Joe Bryan is 30, I think, in September. Dickie's 27. Um I was always impressed with Dickie. I've seen seen a, a fair bit of him. Um but last season when we played against them, I wasn't as impressed. I thought um he had a, a, a bit of a, a torrid time at times. Um so it'd be an interesting one. And he's you know it, it may just be that he was in a poor side last year. numerous managers, and and a change might be very good for him. So, um, you know, he's certainly got the experience that you'd be looking for, but is he a player on the up in terms of what we would be, you know, as you said, what was alluded to, but not even alluded to, was clearly stated by Brian Tinian? Um, I don't know. So it would be interesting to see. And, And again, goes back to it, it's just paper talk at the moment you know, until it's announced. Um, And like everybody, you know, we'll, we'll certainly, if it is, if he is a sign in, we'll give him every opportunity, but yeah, it's not, I hope it's not at the expense of O'Brien, the lad from Palace that they were talking about, who is more of an up and coming player. Um, So yeah, that, that one will be interesting.
1: Okay. Um, Lastly, Rob, Alex Scott, obviously England under twenties out of the world cup in Argentina. Uh, he was uh, employed more as a defensive holding midfielder for me in those in those games. But positive thing is that he's had that experience and he's come through it uninjured, as far as we're aware.
3: Yeah, all, all very good. I didn't really um, get to catch any of the the games, but from everything I read up about them and and heard talked about, seemed that like he was let's um, let's say a very mature performer. Hmm. Um, you know, did did his job well. You know, made a a really sort of positive influence. And I I think from a city retention dream point of view, I think uh, the fact that he would have looked around his teammates and seen that he's getting an awful lot of first team, regular first team football versus the rest of them. And that might be something that makes him think, do you know what? I want another season at City. Okay, right. Let's Let's come. Sorry,
2: that's just on that. It's an interesting one. I, I watched the, the two <coughs> games, or the last two games. Um, and you're right, he was deployed more sort of defensively. But when he then got on the ball, and certainly in the last game and got forward, he just looked a different level. Um, and he was alongside the lad from Chelsea that, that got a recall by Frank Lampard, whose name, um, I won't insult and try and pronounce it. It's I, I, Chuck Wemeka. Chuck Wemmica, that's the lad. Um who is a big, looks a big, powerful midfielder, the sort of midfielder we're probably crying out for. But actually, in, in that game, he showed little moments, but his passing wasn't very good. And Scott looked a level above him. Um, and this is a lad who, who was played for Chelsea. So, you know, I, I think skates will certainly look at that and will have looked at Alex Scott and thought, you know, yeah, this this lad can play. and he, And he does look very, very good. With against some very good players, I think, you know, Devine's a good player. Um, they've got a number of them in there. Um, the one thing I will say, I, th- I thought that the, the penalty decision was scandalous. Um, the lad, I think he was on Lone It Rovers actually last season, um, but from from Liverpool. Um, you yeah, know, was just turning his back and, and his arms kind of, you know, down by his side, not, not particularly out. Um, and the referee gave it, but the referee was a little bit, look at me, you know, was very over the top. So it was an unfortunate way to go out. In truth, Italy probably deserved the win, so it was probably the right result. But, yeah, good to have Alex back. And he did. A couple of times he went down under challenges, and I was a little bit concerned that, oh, God, has he got a knock? So I'm hoping Well, that Uruguay okay.
1: match was was quite... Uh... Oh, my God, yeah, <laughs> which
2: you'd expect, wouldn't you? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming he and I go away for a break. Um, yeah. Globally. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think we're all expecting bids to come in for him. It's whether they reach what what we're asking for, and it will be interesting because Steve Lansdowne came out and said, you know, twenty five million is what they're looking for. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anybody's is willing to pay that, wouldn't it? Okay. I think we also need to say, sorry, and I don't think we said it last week, Patch, and I can't even think when it was the game. One final thing. But but congratulations to Luton as well. Um, yeah, great great to see them get promoted in terms of the size of the club that it is. It gives every club hope. Um, and congratulations to Rob Edwards. And, and obviously we talked about, I think we talked about Tom Lockyer last week.
1: Yeah, we did. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, what I didn't realise is that they now have to do like ten to fifteen million pounds worth of improvements yeah, to the ground. I believe so, yeah. yeah um, from, which, which I read somewhere that it will reduce their capacity for the start of the season down to like seven thousand,
2: which is incredible. But, but mate, you've been in that away end. <laughs> I mean, it is just oh, yeah, atrocious, yeah. isn't it? So, they have got to make
1: room for the media
2: area yeah, or something. Yeah, know. yeah, right.
3: Yeah, don't they have a don't they have a new ground plan?
2: Yeah, they have, which then now looks like they're going to progress probably on the back of the Premier League money as well, but um, it looks like they're hoping to to break ground, as they say, this year, whereas when we were chatting to one of the Luton fans at the, the, the game um, this season was saying that they still thought it was maybe a couple of years away, so... It right. seems as though that's progressed, but see, I don't, I don't know whereabouts it is, but it's in the town centre. It's by a power station or something, so which seems a bit strange to have a power station in the town centre, doesn't it? But yeah. <laughs>
0: Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service. at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch, or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit WW www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Let's
1: move on. Top Full five fullbacks. Matt, I'm going to come to you first and then we will okay. we will mix the order up um, a little bit as we go through. Okay. So, Matt, your number five uh, played for Bristol City between 2014 and 2016. 95 appearances, four goals, Luke Ailing.
2: Yeah, um I think probably Luke Aylin was one of those players that I think, I think we definitely appreciate as Bristol City fans, but you've then seen Rob's point about um, Tom Heaton, seeing Luke Aylin go on to then forge a career um, with Leeds, firstly, you know, in, in, in the championship and then in the Premier League and, and, and has done very well. I think he's now getting found out a little bit in the Premier League. I mean, the last game, um, he didn't have a particularly good game, but from a City point of view, very popular um, probably sw- slightly questionable from a defensive point of view, maybe got caught out a few times with, with players coming in behind him, but going forward was was very, very good at, at bombing on. And just a really popular player. Um, seemed like he was very well liked within the dressing room. Um, and sadly, things just ended a little bit um, abruptly. And, and I think on the back of the Cheltenham...
1: I was going to say, um, yeah, that was uh, a catalyst, to be, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it certainly seemed to be, didn't it? And he had a, a bit of a falling out, it seems, with Lee Johnson. Um, I remember the, the the game against Leeds where Lee Johnson was doing a sort of team talk front of an injury break or something, and Luke Ayling sort of wandered over to try and listen what was going on, and Johnson kind of pushed him out the way in a friendly sort of manner. But, yeah, just just a popular player, Luke Ayling. and, you know, remember that goal away at Bradford where we sealed the, the championship, or well, the promotion, um you know,
1: great, great striking. Yeah, just just a, a really good player. I thought for us. And and looking at the the list which I have in front of me, you know, he sort of stands out as one of the the not many right backs that got forward. Yeah, um, in a traditional, you know, in a, a non traditional wing back sense. Uh, I can, I've still got visions of him as you know, it wasn't that long ago, sort of getting the ball on the right hand side, cutting inside, taking the ball forward um and yeah he's certainly he, someone who made a massive contribution to bristol city yeah he, he wasn't and I, I might i might be wrong but i don't think he was blessed with
2: pace um he wasn't slow by any stretch but he wasn't uh a, a mark little for example who i don't think will have made many people's top five but um he wasn't he wasn't sort of out and out you know lightning was he but like you said patch was very good on the ball dribbled very well um scored some important goals and mm-hmm. yeah was was a key component to that 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 Steve Cottrell side wouldn't he yeah okay
1: right we'll move on to Rob Rob you've actually got a, a right back as well as you're a number five and he's made three sorry 255 appearances with 13 goals from 2004 to 2009 that's Bradley
3: Orr yeah um I'm just going to quickly touch on, on Matt's, if I may, as well, because yeah. um, Luke Aylin sort of was, was one to consider. Um, and, and I think maybe where I didn't go down that route was, again, sort of how it ended in two ways, really. One, um, we did get found out a lot when we went up to the championship uh, in those fullback positions. So that sort of uh, tailed things off. And then obviously you had the the incident as well um at Cheltenham so that's why I didn't make mine but yeah Bradley Orr um so many good things to to say about him really he he had obviously a controversial moment with Lewis Carey that springs to mind I think it was at Northampton or something like that it was was funny um, that because
1: that was on live on Sky I remember watching it it somewhere in Clifton Mm. and uh, it seemed to be the catalyst I've used that word twice in a space of about five minutes, yeah. but it really did was the sort of the the moment that our season changed. wasn't It It was
2: definitely yeah for the better, yeah. and, and Dave Cottrell that night, and then got his move to to Wigan. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. You're right. It was Northampton.
3: Um, yeah, right and 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 I think like you say, not only perhaps a catalyst for the team, but also perhaps for him as well. Um, and obviously you know everything that happened thereafter um I've got to think right now that he got injured at Wembley didn't he in the yeah. playoff final yeah. yeah um and what a difference that made i think i think that that almost changed the whole dynamic of of that final and and you know you, the ultimate prize um but i i just like i just like the fact that he was so passionate um that always came across um, you know, he, he'd be somebody to be in the trenches again. Had that forward attacking instinct about him, um, prepared to get forward, and yeah, he just, you know, he. I think for me, again, going back to Ailing, Ailing sort of flitted between being a centre half and a right back, whereas Bradley Orr was just a right back. Signed as a midfielder. Say that again, sorry.
2: Signed as a midfielder. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, you're right. Actually,
3: yep. but yeah, I don't yep. think he ever ever really played there for us, did he? It was I think uh, he,
2: he sort of started off, but yeah, um, and then moved back, but yeah, he was signed as a midfielder.
3: Yeah, um, that's right. Was it from Everton?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. um, but yeah, so, so for me, he was he sort of swung it for me more more of being from from our experience a consistent player as a fullback, um. And yeah, I just I just like that that sort of aggression in his game, uh, the sort of the team team ethic about him, and and that ability to go forward. And when he wasn't available, as I said, highlighted no better than that final. He was definitely missed,
1: and he had a chant as well. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's move on to mine then. So my number five is Andy Llewellyn. Um, so Andy Llewellyn, again, another right-sided player, three right-sided players at number five, uh, just having to look up the statistics. Andy Llewellyn, obviously, at City from 1982 to 1994. So in terms of longevity, he's probably up there with the highest number of appearances, 381 appearances, wow. three yeah. three goals. Uh, so he's got a few in there. But um, yeah, this was when I sort of first started watching city was it sort of in the, the middle of his Bristol city career really. And he was just never present really um, His sort of 53 appearances in 1987 season 58 appearances in 1989 series uh, season. So yeah, just remember him being a reliable right back who always put in a shift, uh, did his job well, went forward, defended well, um and and yeah, is is a is he actually from Bristol? Um, uh, he's certainly the local area. Yeah, he, Bristol, born in yeah. Bristol in 1966. Um, yeah. and still comes to games now. And I've I've seen him down at Mangotsfield and a loc, obviously a local lad. But uh, yeah, obviously you guys are a, a, a touch older than me. Um, but I'll refer back to you for your memories of the first half of Andy Llewellyn's Bristol City career. Matt first.
2: Yeah, just remember as a youngster coming through um, in a, a time where we were still, you know, um, finding our feet after some some dodgy years. Um, and just a, a real marauding sort of fallback. He had something about him, Andy Lou. He loved the tackle physically, a, a sort of, you know, not not the tallest player by any stretch, but used to put his foot in and, and would really go for it. Um, I suppose my, my abiding memory of Andy Lou is when we played Rovers over at Twerton in the um, the League Cup. And we won the game, I think, 3-1, maybe 4-1 even. Um, and I couldn't get tickets for the away end, so I ended up going in the home end with a, a mate of mine who actually was an ex-squaddy um, and a few years older than me, so I felt quite secure. Um, and we had to sort of bide our, you know, we couldn't celebrate any of the City goals. And then Andy Lou scored <laughs> an own goal. <laughs> um and we didn't celebrate that obviously and this lad turned to his dad and said oh look at them they're not celebrating and I took my very quickly and said if we got to celebrate an own goal then someone's wrong here we've been that rubbish fast, so, fast thinking yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> but that's sadly my abiding memory of Andy Lee or my my sort of probably um the main memory I've got of him but yeah re- just a really good player really yeah. good player
1: Rob um Andy Llewellyn uh, in terms of youngest debuts sits third at 16 years old 281 days when he made his debut for Bristol City only Naira Kelly and Marvin Brown are ahead of him
3: well yeah I didn't I didn't know that but yeah it, I think some of the things you touched on at ever present that that was my abiding memory of, of Andy Lou um it, it wasn't ever sort of a, a discussion of Oh, who's going to play right back? It was kind of a given. It was was Louie. Um the, the only thing I will say, and, and again, reason why he didn't make my top five, is I don't think he had anything going forward. Um, he was just a classic defender. Right back. He did he, yeah, right, right back. He did his job. Um, he'd crunch a tackle in, but he, he didn't really ever offer anything going forward. You said three goals. They'd have all been, you know, they'd have all been very freak incidents. There's no coincidence. The fact that it was as little as it was because that wasn't his game. He he wasn't sort of the modern fullback, if you like. He was very much a traditional fullback. Do your job, put tackles in on the winger. That that kind of player, and he did it very well. Um, you got to feel a little bit sorry for Chris Honor, haven't you? Because he he shared a lot of his his time. As as sort of backup to to Louis, um, who was an immovable feature of of that era, really.
1: Hey, okay. yeah, good stuff. Right, we're going to come to you, Rob, now for your number four, um, and you've gone for Martin Scott. So Martin Scott, left back for Bristol City. Um, I'm just going to pull up his statistics now. So Martin Scott played. 199 times for Bristol City, 16 goals, many of which penalties, um, as I pulled together the highlight reel for Martin Scott in anticipation of a podcast coming soon with Andy Leaning, but uh, more on that later. Um, So Rob, yeah, Martin Scott, great choice to have in your top five. Tell us why he was your number four.
3: Well, again, um, I don't think there's going to be many surprises from here, apart from maybe order, Uh, but I I won't spoil the Thunder patch, but um, again, one of those ever-dependable, first and foremost. Um, things that stick out, and again, these will probably be common denominators that we're going to come to. An amazing relationship with Brian Tinian on the left. Um, the penalties, like you say, unerringly good, and it's only when you see them all together that you realise what a specialist he was in that yeah, respect. absolutely.
1: Um
3: he, he did out you know not just penalties but he did have a shot on him and it was it wasn't one of these um sort of the the curling style of, of maybe some of the others we're going to talk about later on but they were just bullets you know it was, it was very sort of no nonsense a real a real scrapper happy to um overlap and yeah and and I I do as I said I do remember particularly but this isn't going to be unique to him. Th- that real relationship that Tinian and and he would have probably be have been
1: thing. Tin's first tag team partner, if you like.
3: I I think yes, it it would have been, and you know, not on this podcast, but when you talk about Tins and Murray and stuff like that, you know, that that understanding, it, it, that was like you say, that was probably Tin's first one. And was, was Darren
2: Barnard it. before Scotty or after Scotty?
3: After after was he? Yeah. Yeah, you've got a few more before you get to Darren Barnard. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, Mr. Dependable, loved to tackle, loved to shot. Um, just a, a good, good all-rounder. Not necessarily the most skillful, but he was very aggressive in his forward play. You know, he, he would literally sort of tap and run. Um, uh, yeah, know, very, he, he, very fit, when not he? Very fit. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Matt, for you, Martin Scott. There's no surprise that he's uh he's featured in in your top five. Sorry, in Rob's top five. No, Actually, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in your top five
2: though. No, don't don't surprise me, but I just add add others in there that um that I, I preferred, I guess. Mm. Um but no, I really love Scotty. Um no nonsense. I think we signed him from Rotherham. For two hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, yeah. No no nonsense player. Um and just a, a really really strong left foot didn't he um but very popular he came back for the um the liverpool um reunion um and sort of got got to speak to him then And yeah just just a very good player you know it, it was it's a position probably if you if you looked at any position in the our, our team over the years left back was is is probably one of the strongest positions and one of those positions where you name players who just you know you think God what a player he was and Scott he was right up there yeah re- a really good
1: player yeah he was um he was in the uh what was it <laughs> Norman Hunter or something. Yeah, sorry just trying to read through my notes from my from my Robins reunited yeah he must have played under Norman Hunter uh, at yes. some point. Um, so, you know, yeah, Rotherham. Yeah. Rotherham. yeah. So that's obviously been instilled into him You but you referred to it, Rob, in terms of the, the aggression and the way of, way of playing football. But yeah, again, very, very exciting. Or well, we, you know, when you got a penalty that it was going to, it was going to be converted and yeah, a great, a great left back, someone who lives long in the memory for many city fans. He's actually my number three, Martin Scott, uh, so yeah, left sided players at Bristol City, particularly in that left left fullback position. Um, we've got we've got some more coming up soon. We'll just say that. Right, Matt, to you, Darren Barnard, number four. Just a cultured left back. Um,
2: an unbelievable wand of a left foot. Um I remember watching him, I don't know if it was his debut or very early on, away at Swindon. Um and just being hugely impressed. I mean, we signed him from Chelsea. He started um, in midfield as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then moved back in. You know, Rob talked about the relationship with with Tins, but that was another one that that had that relationship. Um, I don't know how many how many appearances did he made for us. Ninety four appearances. Was it? Yeah, seventeen severed. goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, free kicks from from. Um, on the run, you know, and and was just a, a really cultured player. Um you always knew with Darren Barnard that that he would go on to 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 bigger and better things, um, certainly in terms of where he was going to be playing in the league. Um but another another popular player, but yeah, just just very, very good on the ball. Um was was fit, wasn't again hugely blessed with pace, but was a clever footballer, um powerful footballer as well. He was quite a um I was gonna say a squatty sort of bloke, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but he just had that low center of gravity and yeah, just just a, another very, very good player in that left back
1: position. Well, he signed from Chelsea. Yep. Um, obviously when they were in the the top flight, I think he well, he made 29 appearances in the league for Chelsea, which would have that been...
2: surprises me, yeah. Cause he he would have been relatively young
1: when we signed him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously left us to Barnesley and got was in the Premier League with Barnsley. Um as well but uh yeah. born in germany in fact darren yeah uh, but what 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 watching looking back at some of the highlights and goals and assists of darren barner what what i remember most about him was his pinpoint accuracy in terms of his crosses yeah and it's something that you almost came used to um from from that sort of era with the with the left backs that we were that we were blessed with. And uh, it seems to have been something that's really riled us as Bristol City fans in recent times. And you look back to the era of Martin Scott, Darren Barnard, and some others will come on to shortly, and you just think, that's how you do it. You know, that is how you want the ball to be delivered.
2: It was effortless as well, wasn't it? He just seemed to, and, and it was consistent. His, his, his ball quality
1: was, was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, and a rocket on him as well. Yeah. of the left foot. So goal scoring, left back, um, Darren Barnard. Right, let's come to my number four then, and that is Joe Bryan. So uh, Joe Bryan, who's come up on this podcast already, um, quite remarkably, as potentially coming back to Bristol City. Not remarkably in terms of, I don't want it to happen, but it doesn't happen very often. I think we, we might add a list of players didn't we that um yep. that had gone and, and come back and um obviously tom ritchie was uh, one of the most high profile ones back yeah, in Lew- the lewis 80s Kerry, returned. yeah lewis and scotty just got lost on the motorway yeah for, exactly for a <laughs> short period of time um but yeah Joe bright remains to be seen obviously whether that's going to happen let's focus on uh what he has actually done for bristol city um as we stand and looking for his statistics. So Joe Bryan has made 230 appearances for Bristol City, 20 goals, Uh, obviously some massive moments for Joe Bryan in his Bristol City career, including that goal against Man United, where, you know, that that team was very special. And the fact that Joe Bryan was a, a left back who got forward, could shoot, could cross, scored amazing goals against Swindon against but against, Ro- against Rovers Ravers. as well
0: yeah, yeah against yeah, Rovers yeah. as well
1: of course um so so some really really memorable moments and that always helps but his agility his intelligence obviously is very important to, to mention as well he could read the game really well he could get past players um and yeah just a complete left back who's made advances up the pitch but as good going forward as he was going back for me um and yeah he's in all of our top uh fives on this podcast and yeah you said it rob in terms of where they go it's just what sort of where they landed on the on the forum when we when we clicked it but uh yeah so joe brian was my number four matt he was your number one
2: Loved him, just absolutely loved Joe Bryan. Um, again, that that team will will hold special memories for me. It was the first championship-winning team that I've ever seen at Bristol City. Well, the only one I've ever seen at Bristol City, um, and I just thought he was outstanding. The the goals he scored, you know, you've you've talked about the, the the three big ones there that always get replayed, but I just he scored some other really important goals. I thought he was he was good defensively. Um, and then has gone on to have a career that got him, um, you know, promoted into the or in the in the championship, and then promoted into the
1: Premier League twice. Um, oh, talk about it, intelligence! That goal for Fulham in the playoff.
2: But, I mean, both of those goals away, you know, at Wembley against Brentford. The first one to have the the nouse nice to hit a ball from that sort of distance against a very very good keeper in that David Ray um, or Raya um, was brilliant. But his second goal was almost better than that. Um, but he, he did that for us in terms of, you know, his, his strike was unbelievable. You talked about that um, Man United goal patch. When you watch it back, to hit it on the run like he did, to get the angle that he did and the power that he did was unbelievable. But he was also a very good defender. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it maybe there's a little bit of emotion with him being my number one, but... Um, and as I say, that that team. But I just I just love Joe
1: Bryan and I'm I really am hopeful that he does come back. Rob, one of our own academy products was with us um, from school more or less, and uh, yeah, we had a Robbins reunited with Dave Horseman and John Clayton, who were part of the academy that brought players like Joe Bryan, Bobby Reed through and uh yeah just a real grounded individual and as, as matt said hopefully he returns but uh yeah joe brian for you rob was number 2
3: yeah um i th- i think you you've talked about a lot of things uh, matt mentioned intelligence when obviously talking football intelligence but i think that comes from clearly the bloke is a very grounded and intelligent man first and foremost um that always comes across he's a very considered person um on on the pitch, I think it's it's the mobility for me. Um, so we, you know, a lot of these these players that we're talking about had the skills, but it's the skills with the mobility for me. With Joe, he, he just, um, you, you know, could he t- really... you could tell
1: it was Joe Bryan running, couldn't you? He had that upright yeah. posture yeah. and just the way he sort of glided across the pitch.
3: Yeah, eff- a lot of it was effortless, and you know, the fact that he could use both feet. Um, was a real plus as well um yeah I, I, again you know really difficult with these because uh, there's a lot that are all within a hair's breadth of each other for me in the yeah. top top three perhaps so um yeah a, a good choice matt um i think i know what i put number one and there'll be reasons for that as well but yeah i'd be happy with him being number one as well
1: okay Right, as we've changed the order, Matt, this is kind of getting a little bit diff- difficult for me <laughs> yeah. now. So, right, I've done my number three, um, and we'll go to Matt's number three was Bradley Orr, who we've discussed. We discussed. Rob's well, number three. Just God, very quickly on, on Bradley Orr. Um, when he found in no, Jeff.
2: No, yeah, exactly that. It's <laughs> um, funny how you, sort of to, you could see where my brain was going, but I think Matt summed the man up as well. Um, and when I listened, because it got played at Jeff's, because mm. Bradley did a tribute for Jeff, um, and and I was speaking to Jeff about it afterwards, and and it wasn't that he was getting abused on the phone, like a, from a phoning point of view. It was during the game and at the end of the game, right. so that was why he'd phoned in. Um, but that that takes some doing, and, and and Jeff sort of said to me that he remembered being I don't, I don't know if he actually talked about it, but being live on air and his phone going in his pocket. Yeah, he did and, say it. And yeah. did he? Yeah. Um, and to sort of make said, sure are you sure you to, want to do this exactly, <laughs> but that that send the man up obviously also had the tribulations of of going inside um following mm. that the, the, the sort of altercation that that him in Dave Partridge and um, Steve Brooker had. Um, but again if you I mean I don't I don't like to other than the bang Bang podcast I don't like to um, advertise other podcasts but <laughs> under the cosh with Bradley or if you've not listened to it, it is a must listen. Um, just unbelievable. And, and listening to him talking about the the Butcher of Swindon, um, he tells a tale where he's in prison, obviously, and um, was afforded some, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but was allowed to work in the gym. And um, there was a guy in there who was um, known as the Butcher of Swindon. And I won't, I won't spoil it, you need to listen to Under the Cosh, but it is just an unbelievable story. So, yeah, please uh, please listen to that. But great player. Everything yeah. that Rob said, great player. Um, it's funny, Robert, and I don't know if you've watched it back, that playoff final. I've I've watched nope. the game back live, <laughs> um, sort of full, full in its entirety, a few times. And do you know what? How we never won that game, I never know. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. And you're Brad, right. Bradley's Bradley injury, injury was a big part of it. It,
2: it. it was, but we still had so many chances. It didn't change the game in terms of it cost us or... You know it just is one of those games that you look back and think, how did we not win that game? You know, let alone,
3: you know. Yeah, what was left of that final, it, it, it was one of those that just didn't fall for us. Yeah. The exactly. the only thing that I will caveat that and say, Yes, it didn't change the game in terms of we were still probably the better side. Yeah. I guess where it changed the game was was we could have been even more dominant. Oh no, and absolutely, maybe and had we had better to, chances. We had to re,
2: we had to reorganise. Yeah, yeah, it
3: was the sacrifice of of big Marv going to right back that was was key for me on that.
1: Yeah, good shame. Okay, uh, so Rob, your number three, Darren Barnard, who we've spoken about. My number three, Martin Scott. Right, we'll come to me. So my number two was Darren Barnard, and uh, I think we've we've discussed the reasons why up to rob's number two joe brian now rob let's talk about your number one matt's number two and my number one so you're first on mickey bell
3: yeah um faultless i think um the the, the we've got mickey bell and now we've got sammy bell as well and we, got, to... we got
2: mickey cheap as well man. we got and cheap. we
3: got mickey cheap and we got yeah. sam even cheaper
2: that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um and and funny enough um last weekend i was, I was chatting to mickey bell at the uh frist where i was watching the shucks um
1: shout it for the shucks
3: yeah and um yeah a thoroughly nice bloke as well obviously um but we, we talk about versatility um Again, we talk about the link-up with Tins, a very telepathic relationship that they had on the pitch. Uh, Again, the attributes of being able to play with both feet, being able to score, positive intent, fantastic crossing ability, all of which all on both feet. Um, And again, one of these players that glided through games and you were absolutely delighted to have him on your team. It can't really say a bad word about Mickey Bell. It's just the the all round package, and as I said, Joe Bryan it is really really runs him close. I think that the two are very very comparable in terms of their attributes. Three
1: hundred and forty one appearances, thirty eight goals, Matt, from nineteen ninety seven all the way up to two thousand and five. So again, a, a real stalwart in terms of Bristol City history.
2: Yeah. Um, I Echo everything that Rob's just said. He was just a fantastic player. Um, I remember going back and watching games against Wickham um, and talking to some of their fans about him. Um, very popular, scored some great goals, um, both left and right footed, a little bit like Joe. Um, it wasn't a swinger, his right foot, you know, many a time with both of them. And I, and I think that's kind of what I miss and what we've not seen so much with the likes of Jay and even with Cam, they could come inside and just open their body and hit that curling shot into the top corner. Um, Joe probably had a little bit um, more pace about him, but Mickey wasn't a slouch by any stretch. And when you talk about combinations, um, you know, you talked about the Scotty one, the Brian Tinian mickey Bell one was, Mm. it's an an all-time, isn't it? And it still is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, but I think that I mean that's a good point, Patch. I think that speaks volumes about the man, and the fact that Brian Tinian recognised, you know, what what Mickey Bell would be able to bring to the club as well. And obviously, Mickey had his own successful career as a manager in local football. Um, did did very well at Clevedon, um, but yeah, just just very popular. Um, and I keep saying that, and I think I think a lot of our top fives are, aren't they? Is sort of players, and that's why they're in our in our votes, but um. Just very, very good. I mean, the goals he scored—you know, pens, free kicks. You always—it was one of those players. When we got a free kick, and we've probably not had the like of this for mm. five years, but when we got a free kick from outside the box on the edge of the area, you just felt he was going to score. Yeah. You, you knew he would work. If the he keeper. didn't, Tins would. Yeah, you knew he would work the keeper, Mickey Bell, but you just felt that he would score in know, um, yeah, thirty-eight goals from from a, a, a fullback position is is a hell of a, an achievement, isn't it? So, and
1: it's not even as if Rob, it's a lost art that the the goal, the scoring a goal from a free kick. But we got so used to over that expanse of time with Tinian, Bell, Barnard um, in the team that yeah. you did think right. We've got a really good chance of scoring from here. We get a free kick now on the edge of the box and we think, oh, he's going to cross this or they're not going to shoot here or we haven't got a chance of scoring. I think the closest, you know, we've got in recent times, I think Naki Wells hit the bar or something yeah. um, in, a, in a recent game.
3: It's not. Yeah, and, and the same could be argued with corners. You know, same thing, not for yeah. a while. Um, In terms of corners, probably not since Flint left. Um, Do we really carry a threat on corners? Oh, Rob, um, Rob, right,
1: Rob was starting to be a threat. Then he got injured.
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, and and again, as as you say on free kicks, is they're almost anticlimactic now because there isn't that really, you know, a real belief that we carry a threat in that respect. Mm. Um, so yeah, as as we've discussed on many pods, really frustration. The two things we're talking about fundamentally: the shots from outside the box and crosses. Yeah. And, it, and we we miss them both, and and these, it, it's not that we're that fanciful. These players illustrate that players throughout the generations are capable of doing it. We just haven't had them for quite a while. Yeah.
2: But again, both the dead ball specialists, but um, could could run with the ball and cross it pace. Yeah. Um, but could also then you know, go past defenders with their skill and get a cross in. And we just don't seem to have that, do we now? It's a it, ironic, really. It's a dying, dying art, from certainly from our point of view. But when you've got two um, components like we had of, of Tins and Mickey Bell, you would think they'd be showing them, wouldn't you? This is how you cross a ball. This is your technique. This is what you've got to do. Um, but I'm not surprised. And, and I, in the same way as you said, Rob, I'd absolutely, you know, I, I wouldn't be gutted that Mickey
1: Bell was number one. I think he, um, yeah, deservedly is in that top two yeah and it's really interesting like looking at some of the 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 lists um on the top five and how many of them have had great relationships and understanding with brian tinian Um, yeah yeah so yeah that's uh it certainly helps when you've got that relationship and understanding and telepathy and all of that sort of stuff so yeah interesting right so let's have a look then at the the rest so we had just from for uh for people who didn't listen to the last one um surveyed 16 people and uh if they put mickey bell as number one he gets five points if they put mickey bell as number five he gets one point so we've added them all up um and we're going to go from the the bottom up, we'll talk about who we've got who have scored points, and then we'll touch on some people who aren't in here um, and those before 1983, which is when this is the last 40 years. So in – how many have we got? we got 13 people that got points. In 13th place, Eros Pisano. Wow. Good so, shout. Um, it is a good shout. It's someone who became – um a fan favorite almost instantly for his no nonsense defending uh quite a presence quite a quite a big lad for a right back and uh yeah went too soon for me rob in terms of uh, t-
3: left yeah hand. i totally agree um i'd have had personally i'd have had pasano higher than 13th if i was doing a, a longer rank of it um what sticks out for me was um the relationship and the team setup that he was part of so you had Brownhill as a right midfielder who would very often tuck in and Pisano would overlap and and that's my that's my abiding memory that 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 space was often created for him by uh by Brownhill tucking in within that lee johnson side so i i really liked him i thought he was a, a really exciting it's,
2: it's, it's funny isn't it um i see him as quite a cult sort of hero yeah um but actually as a player i don't think he was all that how many how many um, appearances did he make
1: 34 in two seasons
2: yeah um i think he got a couple of injuries as well i remember he he, he scored away at blackburn when i was there but i think he was more of a, a cult hero and would get into people's you know votes as opposed to a really really good player um yeah, I, I I don't look back on it. I think I think you're right in terms of we probably left too soon, but you can't recall many games where he was outstanding or was he was probably consistent with what he did, but I think it was more around his his attitude and that kind of Italian um, you know, aggression in, yeah. I think
3: I think he I think he fitted the template of the team that we had. Pro- yeah, probably. That, that he was part probably. of in that uh, he he could play the ball when he could play it at pace. And that and that was the yeah. key to that team, wasn't but, it? Was but that... didn't
2: didn't really create that many, Rob. Um, no. And like you said, maybe went in the side for that. Was was a good
1: defender, to be more, fair. More yeah. of a more of a right back than a right. Yeah, right back. Yeah, more of a defender. A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a, a right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Full um, back. Yeah, yeah. So in twelfth place, John Bailey, uh, hundred uh, and four appearances, yeah. nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety one, and he was he came up on the Mickey Mellon. Podcast, and uh, I remember him saying good things about John. Quite a character. Called in to see him at Oldham or something, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he came from probably what was the top flight at the time, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he would have been. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was Everton yeah. or Aberton Newcastle. Or... Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember. Remember John. John Bailey, and watching back on the highlights again. Someone who put did the he, tackle in. Did he play in the Knott's Forest semi-final, John Bailey?
3: I remember that. The league cup. Yes, yeah, he would have doubled he, up. It would, would have been around there, wouldn't he? Yeah, him and Walsh on Fran's car.
1: Yeah, yeah, looks like it. Yeah. played three yeah. times against Cambridge in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, and and an amazingly um... and the Chelsea game, the home
2: three yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very po- again, like it's the word of the day for me. Popular, but he was a fan's favorite just because he was a he was a a real character, John Bailey, wouldn't he? Yeah.
1: Played in both um, the the Forest games. Yeah. He did he, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, had
3: so a, had a very uh, innovative song as well, didn't he? What was that? Oh. John, John, John Bailey. John, <laughs> uh, John, John Bailey. Had, we've had a few of them, haven't
1: we? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Up into, what are we now? Uh, 11th place, Luke Kalin. Yep. 10th place uh, is an interesting one, and I think he deserves to be higher, but uh, Jamie McAllister. Yeah, great shape, and he very does Very reliable.
2: Does, um, does deserve to be
1: higher, yeah right back someone who probably is Bristol City through and through, even though he's now not part of the setup, but went on to be Lee Johnson's assistant. And again, lovely, lovely defender, lovely bloke, 210 appearances, four goals. And maybe that's the that's the, the part there around the the four goals. Um and he was more of a more of a fullback than a than an attacking uh,
2: yeah. winger. I'd be interested to see the names that go above him. I'm not, he, he he wouldn't have been in my top five and I, and I probably forgot about Jamie Mack, but yeah, very, a very good player, hard in the tackle could get forward. um, And, and also, you know, was, was part of that successful Lee Johnson management team. Um, You know, he, he was a very big part of that, obviously still with Lee now at Hibs. So yeah, that's no, good. Good shape.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. After him, Terry Cooper. Yeah, TC. Yeah, so Terry Cooper. Obviously, I'd never watched him play for Bristol City. Um, either of you want to enlighten me on what he was like as a player?
3: Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, very. Um, again, reliable. We've used that word a, a lot of times as well. The only reason he wouldn't be anywhere near my top five was more the time parameters that, yeah. that we were looking at.
1: Well, yeah, looking at looking at the stats, he played. So from 1983 onwards, we were doing this. So he played tw- 28 games. probably as player manager, I would think. Mm. Um, Possibly, would,
2: would And it and a,
3: you know, and a, a considerably lower level. Yeah, uh, he was so, another
2: one that didn't didn't he leave and come back to us? Terry um, Cooper. Did
1: he have two possible. stars with us? I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think he went off the Rovers again, didn't he? And then came yes. back potentially. But, Player in
1: seventy eight to seventy eight to nineteen eighty, and then came back eighty two. But but I'm sure was player manager
2: for us for a a period as well. But I mean, you got let's let's not forget you're talking about a bloke who played in the World Cup for England. So you know this is just a a quality 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 footballer. Um, And then you could talk. I mean, I'm sure Terry Cooper will feature when we talk about managers um, in future pods. Mm. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Right, eighth place, Canadian, Jim Brennan. Jim, Jim right? Brennan, yeah. So yep. he's he, again, wasn't in our top fives, but it's a very strong category. Um, Jim Brennan was a was a player who, uh, had to bide his time. Obviously, I did the podcast with him and blame me who did I do Jim Brennan with? Oh, Sean Taylor. Sean was, Taylor. Sean yeah. Taylor. Yeah, and he had to bide his time. Uh, he got through. Broke through into the reserves with David Seal, I think it was, and yep. and came around the same time as Agostino and players like that. But yeah, he had to get an opportunity. Took his opportunity, and uh, he became someone at right back who was everything you want. Sorry, left at, at left back who um, was everything you want from from a from, Jim, from a defender. Jim Brennan in that that period of his pomp
2: could win games. It like crazy to say for a left-back, but he could win games. There were times he got on the ball and he just made you think something was going to happen. Um, it was as, as good a period when he was at that level as I can remember seeing. I just just used to think, give him the ball and he would make something happen. And that's from that position. So, yeah, Jim Jim could easily have been in my top five, easily.
3: Yeah. 62 can appearances,
1: just, three goals.
3: Yeah, yeah. Can I just ask a question? Because I I missed most of the the season that it happened because I was um off travelling at the time. Um, was it Benny that switched him to right back? And because he was he was a left back by trade, but I'm sure he played a lot at right back under Benny. Um, and if so, how did he perform at right back?
1: I'll have to listen back to the podcast, but we did discuss it. Um, and I can't remember if it was was Benny. Be yes. I mean in, in in
2: truth, Rob, I I can't even remember him playing his right back. So I know I know right. that he did, but it's not something that stands out for me.
1: Okay. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely deserves to be in the in our discussions. And in um, top ten, yeah. definitely, yeah, shadow yeah. of doubt. Yeah. Uh okay, number what are we now? Seven. Where we are number seven is current player campering. Yeah. Um if he, an, if he has another season like he had this season exactly. and builds on it a bit more, he he creeps into the top five.
2: Yeah, he does. I mean, I think I think with Cam, um I said it in his, his first sort of spell that I never felt that he was fit. I always felt I got the 60 minutes and he was blowing. You could see what a good player he was. I think we've seen it, and I hate the word, we've seen his versatility this year, having played sort of centre back, um, or was the the three, but yeah when he another one when he gets forward he's so powerful and strong um and he's actually very good on the ball um we've seen a couple of really really good crosses from him this season on the run you know he's got that ability you want to see more of that because he's got that ability so agree with you patch i think a season like last year he could absolutely be um well he, he could absolutely be playing in the premier league yeah. Um, you know, and I and I would
1: be very, very surprised if some clubs haven't even asked the question about him now. And Rob, when we've spoken to to Brian Tinian on the podcast probably a couple of years back, and we spoke about campering and we compared him to Joe Bryan, um, and the way that he plays, uh, just needs to add on that goal scoring ability that Joe Bryan's got. Or you know, does he make up for it in other areas where he is more tenacious, if you like, and gets forward and and defends and things like that? So two I obviously think, different players, but they have yeah. similarities in the in the way that they they run, the pace, and gliding across the pitch.
3: Yeah, they they do, and I agree with you. I think Pring is is more tenacious, um more combative. I, w- I would suggest. Um, what he doesn't have of the others that we've talked about at this stage it is perhaps the the finesse, uh, and that that will be, you know, the the constant um, threat, the the adding of goals, uh, the decision making. Now, there's nothing negative to say about Cam, but he he hasn't got that built into his record as yet. Um, we're we're seeing early stages. Interestingly enough, it's it's funny that there is him in as a current player, which is massive kudos to him mm. because in having all these discussions, I, I was just thinking to myself, do we do we have any players in the current era that would get anywhere near these top fives? You know, if you if you get a benchmark how good people are, are they, let's say, are they top fiveable? Um <laughs> and 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 to be honest, there's there's we we need a lot more yet for players to to break into these top fives i don't know if that's just because we're looking back fondly you know yeah it's an interesting one because
1: i when i've my mindset of doing this i was looking back beyond the current team um and that was sort of part of my almost my selection policy was i'm looking at former players rather than current players but the fact that, as you say, that Campering has made it into this list um, is testament to him forcing himself into people's thoughts uh, yeah. when when doing this.
3: Yeah, t- totally agree. Um, but it is also interesting, as I said, because, you know, sometimes we or, or City fans get guilty of, Oh, well, that's okay. We didn't expect anything more. And that, and that's a that's a real gear shift under the, you know, since Pearson came, that we're we're all all very acceptant of okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think that, that timeline is going to start expiring because, you know, when we look back at these these eras, we're we're talking about players that have been successful, teams that have been successful and you know and there's a lot of them and and as i said if we if we're just going to trot out players that are yeah they're okay we we as a team we're going to be okay so it yeah. it's now people need to make a name for themselves teams need to make make a mark and we're not at that and we haven't been at that for at least 3 years probably a little bit more now in fact the last the last decent team that you'll take players out of would have been uh, Johnson's team before it went a bit south. That that's the, you know, and before that it was Cott's team. You know, they're very a lot of these players are very identifiable against a specific successful era or team. And at the moment we're we're in this sort of treading water phase where I don't think you're gonna look back in five years and say, oh yeah, you know, Matty James is in my top five. He wouldn't get anywhere near it. Because there's been there's been no achievement, nothing to sort of make a mark.
1: Matt, it's a great point to raise, and should it be added to Brian Tinian's recruitment policy that we suggest that we spoke about earlier? Are they top fiveable? Good shout. I'm not, <laughs> not sure it would
2: go into the recruitment policy, but yeah, <laughs> you can ask him that.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Number six is Andy Llewellyn. Um, who we've discussed, we've discussed all of these obviously now. So six, Andy Wellen, five, Bradley Orr, four, Darren Barnard, three, Joe Bryan, two, Martin Scott, and number one, Mickey Bell. So uh yeah. Two from Mickey two Bell.
3: from two, I am now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Mickey Bell on sixty-two points down to Martin Scott on thirty-nine, Joe Bryan thirty-seven, Darren Barnard 32, Bradley Orr. Uh, twenty-nine and then down to Llewellyn um after that. So so yeah, that's uh that's the top five fullbacks.
3: Pat sorry, I, I might have missed a little bit while celebrating getting the, the first place. Was my top five the exact same top five?
2: All right, hang on. Oh it's not that. all about you, Rob. No <laughs> really? opinions no, man. Not. <laughs> uh,
3: Just no. interested.
1: Um uh, well yeah it was but in a different order.
3: Right, okay yeah
1: um yeah so well done thanks thanks i'm glad
3: one i'm glad one of, of you supportive well it's your birthday <laughs> it, is, it is your
1: big birthday coming up um right so who hasn't been given a shout out in this uh either from the last 40 years or from bristol city history i'll throw couple of names at you straight away. Uh, Brian Drysdale and Jerry Sweeney. Obviously never watched them play. I've seen some highlights. Um, I've heard some many accounts of them and having uh, met them um, in the for, sort of former Players Association, both top, top men and city legends of the 70s, Matt.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jerry Sweeney, what a player. Um, I didn't get to see Brian as much. Um but Jerry Sweeney, just so consistent penalties. We talked about penalty takers. Yeah, brilliant. Um, where did we sign no. Jerry from? Morton? Uh, definitely Scotland.
1: Yeah, it might be Morton. Um, there was um, um there was a, a clip that I put on when I did the Ashton Gate 8 Um Robins Reunited. There was a clip that I found of Jerry Sweeney chipping. Peter Shilton in a game really? from yeah. the edge of the box. And it's on Twitter. If you go to the at three P I a Twitter feed, um, I literally reposted it, I think yesterday. Right. And, um, it's a hell of a, hell of a goal. So yeah. not only was he a great fullback, but he could score a score a goal as well. He, he and he, he, he was a great fullback. I
2: mean, I think Jerry Sweeney would definitely be in top fives when you looked at a longer era, um, yeah, and as you say, pri- privileged to get to know him through the former players. A- another one of those gentlemen that are just just top top gentlemen. Yeah. Um, got some great stories, Jerry, as well. But no, what what a player! What a player!
1: Okay, Rob. Any other names to throw into the
2: mix? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I think the reason that there'll be a number of players missing is is because I think the top fives, or certainly top five, six, seven are going to be jammed with a lot of the same players because yeah. it's in, impossible to leave them out. Um, yeah, one one uh, glaring omission, Brian Williams. Yeah. Again, a very, very solid left back, very good penalty taker. Um, what What's missing there is the, the flamboyance that a lot of the others have.
2: And he was a gas head.
3: So, and he was a but, gas head, obviously. But, but no, then technically, right. so was... So was Cooper, if you want to be the yeah, dancer, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no. um but yeah, it, again, solid, really solid left back. Um, again, doesn't come anywhere near the the sort of pantheon of the other left backs that we've been celebrating. But yeah. as as a standalone, very steady, very reliable. Again, yeah, completely reliable. there.
1: There is a there is a glaring omission in our in our list. Um, Two hundred and forty six appearances, Matty Hill. That is a glaring mission. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt. I suppose Matty played sort of centre half as well, didn't he? That's probably um, the reason yeah. that he's not, because he did sort of flip between the two. And yeah. um, obviously we'll come on to it in another podcast, but Rob Newman is an interesting one because he yeah. played everywhere apart from yeah. up front. So yeah. some people... No, Matt, Matt,
2: Matt is right, rightly mentioned, Um, local lad. Um, I mean, you've got Scott Goldborn as well. You know, Scott Goldburn put in some really good performances. Um, one for me is Russell Bromage. Russell Bromage, I yeah. remember. Um, and was probably, came in, I don't know at what stage Russell would have come in in between any of those ones that we've talked about in the top five, but was very, very steady, but was following hard acts before and so probably didn't have the same um, kudos that, that those
3: players did. I th- yeah, I think he'd have been after Scott and Bell, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, or or definitely after Scott. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling Russell Bromage may have been around the Russell Osman era. I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Did he again? Did he play? In, was he there for the Liverpool game, Russell Bromage? No, no. Before that, after that,
3: I
1: I, I remember the name, but. Um... He'd have played quite a few games back, probably yeah, he
2: would have
3: done, knocking, yeah. knocking up towards a hundred, maybe.
1: Right, Russell Bromage. He played fifty six games. Fifty six, right? So you mean the Liverpool game with Brian Tinian, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he left it. He left in
2: nineteen
1: eighty nine. Did he? Right. Okay. Really? Anyhow, yeah. I was just looking now,
2: another one, and and I'm sure he did play. Um, fullback was Stuart Monroe. Yes. Yeah, you know, he played centre half as well, but Stuart Monroe played fullback, didn't he? Yep.
1: Yeah. I was in Monroe.
2: that was in that Liverpool side. I think I think yeah. played, he might have even played centre half that
0: day.
1: I think he did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if he came came off for penny father, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stuart Monroe, yeah, played uh, 92 to 95, 109 appearances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Signed from Rangers,
3: I think. Yeah. Um... Missed out Brian Mitchell as well.
2: Ryan Mitchell's another one that goes in there. Probably <laughs> yeah, one that he what he was is the, another yeah,
3: full yeah. yeah. What was the <laughs> lad
2: from, um, that we signed from Millwall, that kicked the ball into the Reading crowd? Oh, Gavin. Gerard Lavin. Gerard Lavin. I was going to say Gavin. <laughs> I'll so, tell yeah. you what, Matt, Jack Hunt's become available again. I know, yeah, yeah, he can <laughs> stay available. To be fair to Jack Hunt, and I know I used to always talk about, but he was another one who's, who I thought should have done better than he did, but always gave you 100% Jack Hunt. Yeah. Um, and you know a a, a a nice bloke as well with it. Um one's not to talk about Marvin Harriet, Marvin Harriet, yeah. Nicky Hunt. Uh, yeah, we had we've had a few that, <laughs> that yeah.
3: would be up there for. We're, you know, not,
1: we're, we're not we're not we're not here to to do our to do
3: uh, the other end of the no.
1: table.
2: I, I am uh,
3: surprised Matt didn't include Tommy Rowe though.
1: Tommy Rowe, do you know
2: what though? So so although you say that and, and you're right, but Tommy Rowe was was consistent when he M was very well liked by the managers at the
1: time wouldn't have got in my
2: team. Marvin
3: Harriet was consistent.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well we can go on listing players um for, forever and a day and if, for anyone that we've left out um yeah, unfortunately um you, it, the name hasn't come to mind but um I'll tell you what there's there's someone who's appeared on this podcast who um is is a mention because he still goes to watch games home and, and away. Yeah, Chris Honor.
2: Yeah, Rob Rob talks about it, didn't he, with the Andy Lou thing.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, definitely yeah. one to
3: mention in there as well. But uh, and, and Gary Hours has played right back yeah, in that's he another uh, again.
1: Yeah. So Gary Hours is, is is probably fallen victim to this classification because yeah. he's played in a number of number of positions, but and it's uh,
2: do you know what though? It, and it, it it's what we're talking about as well with the signing. So I'm, I've seen there's a, a note this morning in Aberdeen Live that Ross McCoury is expected to the HPC next week for a medical ahead of a two million pound move. Mm-hmm. But he's another one that, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking we're signing a central defensive midfielder, but he's played God knows how many games right. at right wing back for Aberdeen and and it's that versatility thing that mm-hmm. I just don't I don't want that. I know you, I, and no, that I shouldn't say that. Um, in a small squad, you need it because of injuries. But I just want to sign some specialists in yeah, that position, yeah. and I hope we're not signing him because of his versatility. I hope we're signing him because we want him to be playing, you know, centre defence in midfield.
1: I was just trying to look up who the who the specialist was, and obviously Sylvester Stallone was. Uh, it was yeah, with, um, <laughs> Sharon, <laughs> Sharon Stang,
2: mate Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I if, we, think, if
1: we st- if we if we think Antonio had Banderas. Antonio Banderas, maybe as well, in that. Okay. Yeah. We'll try and get hold of them. Right. We're going to leave it there. Um, Enjoy the FA Cup final. Um, Rob, obviously, big happy birthday. If we didn't see you before. Is it next Saturday, uh, Rob?
3: It is actually next Saturday. Yeah. 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 So,
1: um, yeah, this is, again, just to reiterate, this is just a bit of fun, just to get us through the closed season. Um, And yeah, it's been good to reminisce on uh, past and current players, as well as some some, uh, latest news. So we'll be back. Next week with midfielders, so that'll be an interesting one, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, to, to talk through, but for now, playing this out as always, it's the shucks with Whiskey Full. Take care, everyone. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Take care, a good Thank week. you. Bye. I'm
0: drifting along, it's a one way road, just like the weed, all standing stone City call I found myself On another Bar store Taking the time to Think and pray On the life that I once had Before it fades away In the time to talk at last